What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Everybody and welcome to another week of the Para Presents. Uh, this week we have another just single person with David and I. We have UDM. I don't even think I have to introduce him, although the letters on his hat is missing. So <laughs> I will introduce him. This is UDM. If you don't know him, but you all know him. So and then we got Mr. David Pickerell as well. So uh, thank you guys and uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I guess let's jump right in because we're a little time constricted today. So. Um, I know that most people know that UDM is kind of uh, following his dreams, so to say, or kind of moving on to greener pastures or however, however you want to put that. <laughs> um, I would say probably more following his dream than the greener pastures because the to do something you, you have a passion about, can, in my opinion, can outweigh pay by two times as much. I could be making a hundred grand a year. But if I'm not happy, but there's a job available that I would just love to do for 50 grand, I actually am at a point in my life I would do that. I would do something for 50 grand over the 100 grand just for the money. Even with inflation? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, call it, let's call it 60 grand and 100 grand. <laughs> All right, got you. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. You only live once, dude. I'd, I'd, I'd rather be happy, you know? Yeah. I mean, UDM, we, you have kids, you, you have kids, I have kids. So like, and he's two years out from, uh, from graduating. So, you know, my right now, everything has to base around that. But I mean, after that, I'm kind of, I'm going to go more with what makes me happy because you only live once, man. Yeah. You I definitely agree with that. So I guess, uh, one of the things we were talking about, I think it's a good place to start and hi everybody in chat. We see you there. Um, so the, a good place to start would be to say, um, you know, you're moving on, but a lot of people who move on still keep doing some gig work on the side. I think I know the reason why maybe it's just time for you to kind of, even if you keep all the apps available to you, why it's just kind of easy to move on from it right now, at least in my take. Um, it seems like a lot of... Uh, bitter people, a lot of ugliness, um, a lot of bad pay and, and people taking it out on each other. Um, I, I honestly feel like I see a lot of things on YouTube, especially where people in the YouTube community are taking out their frustrations at how expensive life is on each other. And they don't even know it. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know how you feel about that, but I don't know if that was any role in the timing of you backing out. No, honestly, um, in our previous conversation, you know, the, the drama, the, 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 
the struggle of just being a gay worker has always been there. You know, it's always been there. It's just it had a different. Let's just call that a, a, a shapeshifter. Right? <laughs> the issues in the gig in the gig economy space amongst drivers was was just shifting its shape over time. Right. So um, year one, there was issues and like it was issues more like who's a better driver on what platform? It was like Grubhub drivers versus DoorDash drivers, you know, and Grubhub was number one. And and if you were a Grubhub driver and you were pushing Grubhub content, it's like DoorDash driver would be like, oh, you trash, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. the kind of, you know, competition and stuff it was. And then when the conversation came up, when, uh, oh, DoorDash is going to take over Grubhub. Oh, whatever, you know? It was just a <laughs> lot of that stuff, it... it it went from from Facebook to YouTube. A lot of that stuff was going on on Facebook, and then it came over to YouTube and the comments. And then, you know, so it's not because of the drama, right? Because one thing I said to myself was the only way I could allow drama to stress me out to want to stop or to quit is if I allow it to. You know, like, no, because so the drama has always been there since day since year one. But nah, it's just more of me being ready to move on. You know, I don't want to get stuck in this uh, uh, this 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 bubble of just being a gig worker. I said that, you know, I had put a cap on my my time as a gig worker being five years. But then the five years kind of like sped past really quick and I didn't notice it. I'm like, oh, it's five years already, <laughs> you know? And then I'm like, ah, okay, I'll give it one more year. And then I said, all right, as I'm approaching, I said, all right, that's it. It's time. Yeah. Um. So the, I mean, gig pay had something to do with it too. I'm sure. I mean, the pay, I, I, I watch you enough that I know the, even for you, the pay has gone down. I mean, for everybody. Yes, it has. You got to work these models so different, and you have to you have to be multi-apping. There's no way that you're just unless I mean, I guess market to market, but almost everybody I talk to, there's no way you're just working one single app. That's no way. Work. If you're working one single app, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Or you're doing or you're doing it part time, maybe. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that, but. Yeah. Even as a part-timer, I would think people would go out there to try to make as much as they can in the little time that they have after their W-2. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I guess I'm thinking of even part-time is like, you know, 65, what is it? 65% of the gig economy works seven hours or less a week. That's it? Yeah. Really? Well, 85% works less than 14 hours. Oh, Wow. So only 15% are full-time people, but there's, but there's what 4.9 million gig workers in the country. So that's a lot. Wait, 4.9 yeah. million. 4. Yeah. There's 3.1 million door dashers alone. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. I, I, used to, I used to say too, it's 3.1 now. That's the newest. I think what, what Steve points to, I think when I was working at Uber, I think, you know, of the total driver base, like I think in any given week, probably 20 to 25% were active or doing, considering doing a trip that week. 
So I think that sort of checks out with what you're saying, Steve, is like 3.1 mil, but, you know, 15% of them are probably doing most of the work, basically. Yeah. Which is still a large number, right? I mean, that's still 400,000 oh, yeah. people, right? right. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still out here hustling and I make everything work, but I've had to, I've literally had to not only multi-app, but give up on the apps that started me. Lyft and Uber, I don't even do them anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. rideshare is just out for me. It's, there's, you know, it's, it's just literally, it's too much. And now they're even being transparent. Now they're showing up front pay, but it's so bad that it's like, man, this, it was better when you guys were just playing games with it. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're feeling, man. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You were better off hiding it from me. Like Uber. <laughs> I'll never forget when Uber used to show me. Um, at first they used to just show me the time and I used to accept everything, <laughs> you know. And yeah. then it turned into they used to just show me what the, the guaranteed pay or their base, right? So it was just three dollars. And then I would think, oh, based on I came up with the strategy based on where I'm delivering to this area generally tips well right so i'm only seeing three dollars i have to go by maybe 10 miles and then assume oh i'm gonna get a decent tip in the area i'm going to and then now they show, they show us a lot of the pay up front maybe not all of it but a lot of it up front and i'm like uh it's like the yeah. the base went down and it, all of that man so I get it. There's there's something about when you see the reality of it, even yeah. though we've been asking for it forever. It's like no, it doesn't look good at all. You know what? I was uh, <laughs> someone someone asked me how many deliveries I have, and I have over six thousand on Uber Eats alone. And I said to myself, I think I only did about twelve hundred deliveries with the upfront pay. All the rest of it came from when I couldn't see the upfront pay like it is now, <laughs> you know, majority of that came from they, I was working more back then. I was working more taking a, a, almost everything. And right. yeah. It's, it's like gambling. You were gambling. You're gambling I was, but I was, day, you know, it, I was okay with gambling and losing money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, well, that's, that's, the, that's the part that's like, it's, it's hitting me right now. As you said it, and I'm like, oh, wow. I did maybe about 4,500 deliveries gambling. And then when things started to slow down, I hit maybe like 1,200 deliveries not gambling anymore. <laughs> it's like so, the casinos, like, hey, you can gamble on this or you could just give us your money and we'll take half of it. Basically, right? right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny you said that, David, because I was just going to compare it to Vegas. It's like, go, it's like going to Vegas. You know you're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you know. You do got that little hope you're gonna win. You know, like, but you know you're losing. Yeah. I I'd, I'd worked at a casino before and the boss of the casino used to drive around in his wheelchair and he'd look around and be like, This casino didn't build itself. <laughs> he'd just drive around and say that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's be honest, that's like Uber. They're designed to make sure that they make the money, not yeah. you. But yeah. they also have to, I mean. You know, there's things that even in Vegas, there's checks, though. There's the uh, what do you call the uh, department that oversees all of the all of the the slots and all of the gaming. It's the like game. it's like the game, the Nevada Gaming Control Board. Yeah. So the Gaming Control Board or the Gaming Commission, they make sure that there's this, like if you start turning in your slot machines and all that is, you know, like, hey, 
here's our win to loss ratio and you're not getting any wins, they'll actually remove machines from your casino and go dissect them at the at their headquarters and go see what you're doing that why there's not enough winners coming out. Oh wow. So I mean like the gaming commission there does not screw around at all. No, uh, Steve's right. They have like a mandated minimum payout in the slot machine, like a state law says you cannot pay less than this. Now, where they get around that is actually uh, if it's a game of chance. So have you ever gone to like a slot machine and they play like the weird side bet where the animals all run around or you see something weird going on? Yeah, that's where they get around that because that has no control, basically. Yeah. You know, the I guess the the one other thing, too, is the progressives, the ones that share casinos. So therefore, you know, that progressive money is turning all the time. You never in that one, you can't be screwed with either. But it's funny to me how they all try and push that limit. Like if it's a 20 percent must win threshold, that's what it is all the time. It doesn't go to ever 21. So it does remind me a lot of the gig apps. It's like, what's the bare minimum we can do for the drivers and get away with it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's sad. I was, I, I, oddly, I just went to Vegas uh, this weekend to take a curry trip there. And uh, when I was there, I, uh, I, what was this like a $4,000 curry trip or what, what's going on? It was, it was, it was 1600 bucks. You know, it's <laughs> not, it wasn't, it wasn't bank bank cause it's 700 miles, but it was doable. So and I got to see a couple friends who are in production that I hadn't seen since pre-pandemic. But I did uh, get to take an autonomous vehicle. The first, because Uber has the autonomous option, so I did it. The first one had to call me because it broke down. And they had to have it towed. <laughs> so they canceled what? that. And then they said, can you wait an hour? And I was on board. And I was like, sure, I'll wait an hour. And so the, then the one comes and there's two people sitting up front. They have two controllers in every car, a driver and an engineer. And I actually talked to them the whole time. I said, so what's up with all this? They're like, oh, autonomous is a joke. They're like, this thing without us can't even make a turn around the corner. So your whole 700 mile trip was autonomous? No, that was me driving okay. to Vegas from here to take a curry oh. load. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I just wanted to make sure. I, I was like, "What?" That, see, that, I would have, I would have loved that live stream with Steve plus the two autonomous engineers for seven hundred miles. That was, <laughs> that was another thing. Those guys were on top of that stuff. They had no live streaming, no pictures. You have to sign a form that you're not going to do any like a paper form. They hand you a clipboard. You can't change your destination. You can't, you can't add a passenger. There's a <laughs> lot of rules that go with this. Oh, like wow. at one point at a light, the, one of the guys got out of the right side. He took like a, what looked like twice the size of a, a like of a, a, I don't know, like some kind of like long bar with a, a little curve, but the bar was straight with a handle. And he stuck it under the wheel and gave it this yark, this loud yank, and something went pop. And he's it like, or like plank. And he was like, okay. And he gets back in and like just shoved it in the seat next to him. Like it definitely was not a tool. He found this works to do whatever the, it fixed. It, it was it was so ridiculous. I mean, I was so blown away with how much BS is involved in autonomous. It reaffirmed think, everything I've thought all along. There's sort of like a good timing thing here because UDM, you said you started the channel what 2017, but 2018 seriously, I think is what you mentioned. 
Yeah, the channel yeah. was created in November 2017, but yeah. uploading consistently January 15, 2018. I remember 2017, that was the time when they were all saying that it would be full autonomous by 2020 and 2021. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. And I, I, that's another thing that was causing a whole lot of uh, friction, you know, that during that time, drivers were like, oh, they're going to replace us. <laughs> Like yeah. what? No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. No, it's a yeah. lot. It's a long time before they did that. Before they yeah. do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, they do. They did give me the ride for free. Um, mm -hmm. if you're willing to wait and take one, they give you the ride for free, which I didn't really understand either. Like, well, what is the point of this? You know, it was an emotional car. It was beat up to crap. I mean, it looked like crap when it pulled up. I was expecting something real slick and shiny, and it looked like crap. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, UDM, now you're – are you are you done, done? I mean, I know you're not, like, probably calling every app and saying, shut me down, but are you done, done working the apps? Because that was one thing I didn't really – I wasn't really sure about when we left the other conversation. Okay, well, um, for all those that that are, you know, just trying to figure it out, I'm not done. Um, there was a previous conversation when I said that um, I'm going to have these apps until I pass on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to have these apps and I'm going to work them whenever I feel like it. It's just more of giving up the full time aspect of things. Right. I don't want to be full time on the road anymore. Right. I want to focus my energy on other things that are more important to me, like my daughter going to college, going to yeah. her games and still um, bringing in a, um, enough money or really elevating, you know, elevating my, my craft and making more money and um, creating partnerships outside of the gig economy um, things that I've always wanted to work on. Now I'm focusing more on that. So instead of me going through the entire process, filming, um, coming home and then editing this entire video and then uploading it to YouTube and then premiering it or doing a live stream possibly and all that, instead of going through all of that, all of that time it takes to do all of that. I just go to Instagram do a quick little reel, you know, and then just, that's it. I don't have to do much more than that. So I'm still uploading, but it's just on a different platform. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're still doing it, but I mean, are you, have you made a move to the movies yet? Yeah. Um, I have a movie channel. Um, uh, right now it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's kind of like, well, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's sleeping. <laughs> no, the, the thing is, it's not that it's dormant. It's just more of right now I'm trying to finish off with like my daughter. She got a lot going on with uh, like we got prom coming up. We got grad bash. We got right now she's a part of a nationals team. So it's like she's. It's a lot. Then we got to go to Ohio. We possibly might have to go to Ohio in June. So it's just a lot of things going on in this short two, three months that we have left. So I'm just really focusing on that. But once all of that dies down, oh, 
I'm I'm back to my movies. <laughs> well, that's that's what I meant. Are you are you going to like? Uh, are you going to be doing work for other people doing movies, or are you going right to your own thing? Um, to be honest, I have been thinking. I've been thinking more of like just not necessarily wanting to do movies, right? Just more like interviews, documentary type styles of content you know um finding out what's really going on even with you know your your situation with the autonomous vehicle right i would love to do some kind of like documentary series on something like that and then post it somewhere and then get it some attention to bring you know bring some attention to that so that's pretty much what i love you know i i, I love documentaries i love putting everything, creating the whole story and, and putting it out there for the public to watch. All right. And then well, I know you got your other documentary going too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I guess lots of movie stuff coming up from, from UDM. Uh, so, okay. You're five years in the gig world. Mm -hmm. uh, can, like when you came in, were you like a 10 on, on happiness with pay? No, I was a 10 on happiness with freedom. Yeah. Um, and my pay, <clears throat> my pay wasn't there yet. Um, but I was happy that I was making more than my W2. So I, I wasn't making what I would like to make per day, but my freedom was there. That's when I went full time. Did you did you ever get to attend? Yeah. Um, or what you would call attend? Like, okay, now I think I'm. This is the peak, and, uh, I, and I'm happy with this. I'm doing good. Um, I'll tell you, two hundred dollars a day was that number for me when I first hit two hundred dollars. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like I won the lottery. Yeah. But then once I hit once I hit two hundred, it was like, okay, this is this doesn't feel like two hundred, <laughs> you know. And now I want to hit something higher than that. And you know, um, some might call that greed, but it's just more of my lifestyle changing, right? I came from a W two making seven hundred dollars every two weeks. That is struggling, you know. And I had kids. That's struggling to now I'm able to hit 200 a day and I'm able to provide a bit more than I was back then. So my life, my lifestyle changed a bit. So I needed more to, you know, just have a little bit more of a cushion for not just for me, but for my family as well. So 200 plus was my bare minimum that I would like to make. And I was okay but if I hit 300, which was my goal, 300, then, okay, now, now I'm in a, a comfortable space. Yeah, I mean, I fully, I fully, do you think that, do you think now you could make 200 near, close to as quickly as you could before? Oh, with just a, without however you, want to, however you want to split apart the apps. I know that, you know, for David, if you don't know, uh, UDM does a lot of, he's does a lot of the off brand apps too, like delivered that delivered. 
yeah. some of those too. So I mean, like if you have all the all the arsenal at your disposal. If I have everything at my disposal, um just to make sure I answer this correctly, your question was three hundred. Is that my goal for today? No, no, like the two hundred that you thought, okay, I finally I got to there. Mm-hmm. Now could you get to there as quick still? It is many out it is many active hours. Uh yeah. I can surpass that in less time. Um so it's better now than it was. It's either. it's better now because of the catering option. If uh, because back then I did not have a catering option at all, right? I didn't have DoorDash um large order program or DoorDash Drive back then. I still don't have DoorDash Drive or LOP, right? But I it me not being invited into the large order program or DoorDash Drive kind of like made me start searching for catering options out there. Right. Um, and finding out, well, OK, if, if there's an app for mechanics, is there if there's an app for food delivery, there, there's an app to wash clothes. There should be an app for caterings. Right. So I'm like, OK, so um, without the catering options, if it was just my top three of the Grubhub, DoorDash and Uber Eats, 200 is difficult to make. My yeah. my goal on those three, multi-apping changed drastically. It dropped. It went from 200 to now maybe 150. You know, and okay. most times I don't even hit 150 on just those apps. At UDM for catering, would you say that's just like locking in 50, 60 bucks a day, basically? Or Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, I knew I, yeah. I I knew the I knew the answer, but I wanted to. <laughs> no, fifty sixty bucks on on catering. Listen, sometimes I don't even. All right, let's just say the food delivery apps like DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub became filler apps because the catering apps helped me make more or double what I was making with those in less time. So I was on the road less and making more money. So that was always my goal. I think we, uh, 100%, I think that's sort of what we brought is a bunch of catering into ParaWorks because of exactly that is somehow people aren't on the lower order program, people aren't getting access to it, and this stuff is just great. What's crazy to me is a lot of it seems to come from one company, Easy Cater, and it always sort of scratches my head. as like, wow, how big is Easy Cater? Because uh, I'm just, yeah. I huge. found out Easy Cater is a billion-dollar company. I think it, I think it is a private company, but it's worth billions. But that's not something that people know, right? Because large orders, a lot of the DoorDash large order program is them that deliver that the stuff that we're doing. At the end of the day, it's all coming from Easy Cater, and, and um, deliver that. And hear, hear me out on this one, David. Deliver that um, back in uh, February, February first, twenty twenty three. I just posted this on my Instagram. Um, Deliver That partnered with a platform called Olo. I never heard of Olo. And then later I found out Olo has up to 85 million guests or any 85 million people. It's like, it's a SaaS platform. don't, Don't ask me to go into that, but it's just, it gives Deliver That even more access to people to order and have catering orders delivered through the restaurants. 
So you would think it's only Easy Cater. Easy Cater is the is the it seems to be the more popular one, but I guess we lost David. No, he's probably still here. This there he is. Okay, all right. So um, deliver that. I mean, Olo or Easy Cater seems to be the more popular one that the apps have partnered with, but Olo is another one as well, and I just found out about it. Yeah, have you heard I of it, uh, Steve? I have, and actually, one thing I saw about Olo was that they were doing part of the Instacart being kicked out of some of these grocery stores. They're doing the sushi and flowers. Oh, wow. They okay. only handle sushi and flowers for some of these stores kicking out Instacart. I did not know that. I don't, I don't know if you know about all that wave, too. Instacart's being kicked out of stores everywhere. As their contract runs up, they're being kicked out. Wow. So on, uh, on Deliver That, you're just you're just getting these sort of like large catering orders is in the same vein. Basically it's, it's similar to the easy cater order. Uh, do they, ha I know easy cater, they sort of like deliver that and easy cater sort of manage it really heavily. Are the Olo orders like that also, or what's is you know, what's your experience with the Olo orders? Well, Olo, I just received one Olo so far and it, uh, so deliver that just to kind of briefly explain it. Deliver that is a platform that just uh, delivers I guess in the past they try to deliver other stuff, but they found more success in just the catering deliveries. So they get a lot of catering order deliveries and majority of what I've seen on the platform is easy cater orders. And hear, hear me out, David, when I saw the opportunity of routing myself, I could have multiple catering orders in a day versus trying to wait for an order on the other platforms waiting for them to send me something that was actually worth me taking miles and everything included when i saw i could route myself that was my game changer right there because it almost made me feel like i was multi-apping or i had yeah. and it was pre-scheduled orders so pre-scheduled the this amount i'm gonna lock in for tomorrow because you can build have, your, you can build your day around it, right? You can plan your day, you can build your day. Yeah. So if all I want to make is 50 bucks, I can literally accept enough orders and route myself for the day just to make 50 bucks and I don't have to do anything else. Right. Instead of sitting in a parking lot, decline, 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 accept, decline, decline, and then yeah. try to get the 50, like you know what going in. Yeah. But then even deliver even the deliver even deliver that started getting pretty or more popular and more saturated. Um, I yeah, they got well. Every app gets more popular yeah. over time, and you know it seems like yeah, it it, it becomes more competitive, right? Yeah. Um, and just like any other situation, you would have to figure out how this alarm keeps going off. But um, you would have to figure it out, right? How to maximize your earnings and your market. You know, what's the most effective way of getting to and from where you're trying to go, how much you're trying to make. It's, it's like you would just have to revisit everything. But deliver that. Over time, deliver that. Try to make some changes by including now they have an elite driver tier, which is sort of like needing to be invited just like the DoorDash LOP large order program it's invitation only but they have minimum requirements but you don't know when you're going to get that and um 
just knowing that I'm an elite driver and seeing the experience that I have as an elite driver, it makes me happier, right? Because what anyone that's not on the elite driver tier is a struggle, right? It's, it's, a, it's a struggle. And I didn't ask to be on the elite driver tier, but I was trying to help people see the opportunities using this platform, more payout or higher payouts, right? And different things like that, just because it's a larger order, you know, and some people jumped on and some people were still a bit hesitant. But the thing is, when it came down to seeing how difficult it was before I was on the elite driver tier, it made me more competitive, right? It made me more competitive, made me more hungry. So I was on that app like, like I was trying to rewrite his code, <laughs> you know, like I, I was on that app trying to figure out everything about it. And then I just got great at accepting offers, being the faster driver to accept that offer, routing myself. And then next thing you know, I, they come out with this elite driver tier October last year. And now it's so easy. I wish everyone could be an elite driver because of how easy it is for me to just grab these offers when they pop up days weeks in advance like i had orders for tomorrow since last week so it, it's it's so easy now yeah i was gonna say thank you everybody for this uh the for the super chats i saw cherry and i saw jason teary uh, but i see this from the driven dad too um so this kind of reminds me of uh of the of the profile that we're talking about with para david like you know, building your personal profile to get you to get you the better stuff. Yeah, I think it's this idea, like, you know, for a lot of the gig apps, they're like each gig worker is interchangeable. But you know what? There's people with experience who do things better. And, you know, there's higher paying jobs that and show up. Good and people. Yeah. Outside and don't do all those things that really do cause chaos in the system. Now, um, be, I, there's one thing I want to point out here that they um deliver that unlike i haven't had conversations with tony Shu or you know other platform ceos like that but just seeing that okay so there was like a, a elite driver live stream right that was only for elite drivers to get feedback the details of that live stream i, I kind of like keep it on the hush but what i'm saying what i'm about to say is just basically they're working on making the platform better for everyone because at one point elite drivers were kind of like, I want to say holding on to the offers and I guess trying to choose the best thing for them. Right. And it was making other drivers in the area have a bad experience. So they put, more policies in place on us elite drivers so other drivers can have offers as well. So it's like, they're not just thinking, oh, you're the best driver, so you could take all of them. No, no, no. We want everybody to have a great experience. So you need to have everything set by this time and everybody else can have a fair shot. So it's not just they're, they're saying, oh, you know, elite drivers going to get the best offers at the best times or whatever. No, they're saying, listen, we're going to give you the control. 
to get your stuff together, route yourself, but let the order, let the other orders go so everyone can have a fair shot because it's already competitive on the lower tiers. And if you're going to be taking advantage like this, then you might lose your elite driver status. So they that's, they, that's yeah. smart. It sounds like they're doing the right thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they're and, and, and I believe that I don't know this for sure, but I because I believe that they they're doing the same thing like Curry and some of the other what I call the more successful startups are is uh, they're doing a waiting list, which I believe in waiting lists. I to the people who get like, oh, dude, this sucks. I'm on a waiting list. You shouldn't think that it's a good thing if you're on a waiting list. It means that they're like properly onboarding the right amount of people so that there's work for everybody. Yeah. Because they want everybody to have a fair shot and make make every as many people happy as possible on their platform, and I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, I don't either. That's what Grubhub did before the before the pandemic. They would waitlist you. Yeah, it wouldn't oversaturate your market. I mean, a little bit, but not so much like the other apps that there was like so that you were fighting over table scraps. I wish Grubhub was different, like how it used to be. Um, Yeah. I got a $12 large order um, scheduled, right? I was offline, and this was like a few days ago. Grubhub sends me a $12 offer. I don't see what I'm picking up, how many items. It's a large order. And I'm like, $12? What am I doing here, Grubhub? Then I don't accept it. It just sits there because it's a scheduled offer. I get a call from Grubhub, and they are asking me, "Um, hey, you know, um, we... We sent you an offer. Are you willing to take it? I'm like, well, I need the details of the offer before I choose to accept it. They said it was like $200 worth of food. The pickup was about 19 miles away. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that for $12. $200 worth of food for $12. Nah, you can keep it. If it was in my backyard, maybe I would have done it. But yeah. I'm like, nah, man, 19 miles away. Nah, I'm good. Y'all got to do better, Grubhub. <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine that if with you, I mean, with you, my my kid, my my son's a junior in high school. When he's a senior and it's this time of year next year, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the same as you. I'll be wanting to get as much time with him as I can. So I'm guessing that most of your work is being scheduled through the delivery apps. I mean, it's not, especially if you want to work like not full time. This is ideal. Right? I know when yeah. I'm going to work. I know how much I'm going to make. I can go to my daughter's basketball game or whatever sport she plays afterwards. It's perfect, yeah. right? Uh, what sport does she play? What sport does she play? Yeah, um, she plays uh, soccer. Soccer. That's awesome. Yeah. You said national. You said nationals or yeah. That's awesome. Huh. Yeah, she she's on a national team right now. She's in. Well, she had a game in Nicaragua, and she had another one in Costa Rica. So she's supposed to be back soon. So, yeah. Are you the dad who's, like, quiet, or are you the dad who's, like, like? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, she, she lets me know. She gives me a look, and I, that, that, that's like my whip. <laughs> like, <laughs> calm down, you know, yeah. you know, but you know, most times, yeah. most times I know when she, she takes the game very serious. So when she is focused, when she's in the game, she, she can hear us. Right. But she, she needs to focus on the games. And I understand that, but her mom is like, she don't care. Mom, like hey, I'm a chair for you. I'm here for you. So you better accept it. 
and that's it. But I am more like, you know, all right, I'll just duck off over here and I'll just be like, yes, <laughs> look quiet. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I let her focus on her game. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, no, I think the one thing you said just before this that really stuck with me is just like being able to sort of like build your day around something. Yeah. I think that's the one thing we've noticed a lot sort of with the stuff we're trying to do with Paraworks. A lot of it is schedule ahead. I go yeah. like schedule ahead A to B, schedule ahead route, schedule ahead time block. Yeah. Uh, we've had a bunch of people ask for on demand and that's just complicated. But I think what we've noticed is like knowing that in this time period, I'm going to make this amount. I can plan the rest of my day around it. I can stack a couple of these together and then turn on DoorDash or something if I want to. Like yeah. people love that, right? It really is back to that idea of like, you're in charge of your work, right? Sort of like, uh, which is really where it goes to. Yeah, like my kids, they get out of school before 2 p.m., you know, and I have to go pick them up. And I remember the days before they were even in school, I was able to, you know, just work through lunch rush, work breakfast, lunch, and go probably straight into dinner, you know? But now that they're in school, I have to pick them up by a certain time or I have to get transportation. All of that stuff costs money. And then it's inflation. <laughs> you know, everybody's price is going up. So what used to be $70 just got bumped up to $120 per kid. And it's like trying to have some aftercare service to have them dropped off to that costs money, too. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> so just knowing that if I could schedule my day around like, okay, this window right here is when they get out. So I will work early morning until this time, go pick them up. And if I have anything after that, I, I could work that out, you know, but you know, it definitely works having pre-scheduled orders. I love it. Yeah, I was going to, so <clears throat> you're one of the few people that I know that had a goal to get out of the, like, okay, I'll be, I'll do this for five years. Mm -hmm. You did it for six or whatever, mm -hmm. but you're still like actually getting out. I've seen so many people say, I'm done. Not not a plan to get out, just I'm done. They leave, they're back in two weeks. Well, I don't know who you're talking I, about. Not you. <laughs> not you. About I know not me. I know not me. They even have a plan, uh, mm -hmm. but they just... They just gotta, they just are like sick of it. I can't take the pay anymore. I'm gonna go get a W 2. They do, they have it for two, three weeks, and then they're back in the YouTube world working the apps again. You know, the thing is, when you said the YouTube world, okay, so I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about that really, because <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, I feel like if you have a YouTube channel that's monetized, you will do what's best for your YouTube channel, right? Oh, I've been just the people who just watch, though. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you this, too. As a content creator, um, I realize that sometimes you do something and you realize, okay, this works really well, and then it almost becomes repetitive, and then you're like, man, I want to do something different. But that's more of an internal issue, right? That's more personal versus the audience. The audience loves what you're doing, but you want to change. And once you change, they're like, man, why are you doing that? Come come back over here. But when sometimes the audience doesn't tell you, come back over here. It's just you see it in your numbers. And when your numbers go down, it's like, oh, what's going on here? Now, okay, you know what? Let me go back to what I used to do. <laughs> you know, so it might be that as well. Um, because monetization might be a source of income, 
well, it is an additional source of income, right? If you're monetized, but at the end of it all, I, I don't know. I, I'm a person that says I cannot say something and not mean what I say. It eats me up inside. If I promise you something, even if I said, man, I'm going a, I'm to a give it to you in a month and I don't deliver in a month, it's still going to eat me up inside and I'm going to find a way to deliver to you. You know, it could be a whole five months later, but I will find a way to deliver it to you. So I cannot get on camera, tell everyone I am retiring and then come back <laughs> a month later. I missed y'all. I'm back to it, y'all. <laughs> like, you know, and look I, at all the all the biggest musicians in the world do it. This is they do it. tour. This is it. This is it. <laughs> and then a year but, later. <laughs> but I, it's more it's 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 deeper than that for me. I feel yeah. like if I if I made a decision to go, it's because I wanted to focus on something else. And I got to put all my energy, just like I built up this YouTube channel, right? I got to put all my energy into that thing. You know, the instant gratification. People want, they want overnight success, right? They don't want to put that work in to get what they want. And sometimes you got to put that work in to appreciate what you create, what, what it turns into. Right. So that's that's all it is for me. I'm ready to put this to the side and take it to the next level. And so I could appreciate it because it's going to be a struggle. I may have some that flop, you know, some 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 documentaries that people probably don't even want to watch, you know, but eventually it's going to turn into something that I really feel would would would. It would change people's perspective of who I am as a filmmaker versus being a YouTube content creator, you know? And yeah. Oh, you will. It. You will have something that flops, right? But you'll love it and you'll learn from it. And probably the next three things will flop and then it'll be a hit. And right? and you know what? Um, I, I'll since I guess we're getting close to uh, our time here. Yep. I want to say that I learned something last night. Right. That I want to put out there to whoever that's watching this or whoever stumbles upon this video. Um, what I learned last night is your value. Right. Is. <laughs> the best way I could put it is it's not about you knowing how much you're worth. Right. It's just about your value will increase or decrease how much you make. Right. So if you feel. I'm not saying I know there's millionaires on YouTube. Right. But the money that they make on YouTube. Ain't the money that these people making in these box offices. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. if you increase your value, you change your mindset. If you want to make more money or gain access to more, you would have to look at. How much is this valued, right? This, this, is it worth it right here? Yeah, you're going to get a lot of people's attention, a lot of people's attention on you. But if you really want to make more or be a, 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 a classified as someone that is respected and, and all that, is this enough for you, right? In whatever industry you get in. So the value of what you're in, how you view it is how... I don't know if I'm saying this right. Are you all understanding me? Yeah, Steve? I know. I follow you. 
it's, you could it's, be a YouTuber, but the value of a YouTuber versus the value of a filmmaker that has movies in the box office is totally different. So if you want to be a box office filmmaker and you work into being that box office filmmaker, you're going to make way more and have a lot more respect than a YouTuber that makes millions. Right. I mean, if, if, if people are happy doing this, but I, I, I will have David's last words last, but here's my last words on it is what I said in the beginning. Look, you know, like to me, once Max is, once my son's out of high school, I'm going to be doing things that make me happy. Like mm -hmm. that, my happiness is going to come before the paycheck. And I think that over time that will be much higher pay because if you do things that make you happy, you're just, you're more likely to be a happy person. You're more likely to be people want to be around you. Yeah. You're more likely to get forward in whatever path you choose that you want to do. It might be gig work, but if it's not, you should look at when that time is for you to proceed with that. That's my opinion. No, I started a second that's like, do what you feel like you need to or want to do. And that can vary. Sometimes you just need to put dollars in the bank, right? So you're like, I'm just going to focus on putting dollars in the bank tomorrow. Uh, sometimes it's, I have this dream and I have been doing something that's not related to the dream, but I've always had this dream I want to do. Uh, you know, go chase that or go attack that problem on directly, right? So I really think it's like, yeah. depending on what your heart is and what you want to do, go accomplish that. I've always been the sort of person where like, you know, I've always thought, hey, you know, can I build some sort of product? Can I do something to help people? Can I build something that people will use? But I went years just, you know, nothing really was the thing that I had to do, right? Uh, so I never really did it. And then, you know, somehow for me, there's this whole weird and crazy and winding path of para and TT and I couldn't be happier. But I also think it's one of those where, you know, I always had this as the end goal, but it wasn't until I found the right thing to apply myself to that I did basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, can I just say one more thing? Yeah. Um, Please. if out. I, I reached six years because I do know, I know there's wear and tear on the body. Right, gig economy is wear and tear on the body. Sitting in your vehicle all that time, every day, getting in and out of the vehicle. Um, eventually, you start noticing you having pains in places you never had before. Um, I don't have lower back pain, but I, I could feel that. I know I'm older, right, <laughs> than when I first started, but it's 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 uh, I could just tell, you know that. Some things, if I keep, if I continue, some things are, are not going to be the same in the next six years, right? So I put a cap on my time doing this. So there's not going to be too much of a change in my body. Even if my body is going to change as I get older, there's not going to be this, this strain on my body because I chose to do this, this work in this heat, getting in and out the vehicle with all the wear and tear on the body. I don't, I, I'd rather my body age gracefully, you know, versus me putting all this work on it. And then next thing you know, I have some serious issues down the road. Yeah, I guess my main thing and I guess the takeaway here today would be that, uh, you know, make sure that when you I, there's I see some comments coming through from you guys saying, you know, I want to stay in the gig economy. I've been doing this for years. More power to you. I mean, I'm going to be of in course. it for a while too. UDM's still doing it too, but just not as dedicated to you know 
the creation process because it takes a ton of hours. He's got family responsibilities and things like that. I guess it comes down to when you feel like, here's how I would like to say it. When you feel like, I think I want to do that. I feel like you should really investigate that deeply. Don't just blow it off and keep doing gig work. If you get a little voice saying, I think you should do that. It's probably something telling you, hey, look into this. And it might be time to to make a move, you know, because the gig apps will be here. There will be a way to make some money on them always. They're not going anywhere. But if you start to get like thinking that maybe something else is, is sounds good to you. I think that don't blow it off, stick and move on it, check into it, look into what it pays, look into the job opportunities that are out there to get your foot in the door. Just don't be, I guess, don't be closed minded and just looking for the next gig app. You know, I guess I don't want to sound cheesy, but be open to the universe, maybe throwing you new things. Yeah. Cause it's, I'm just super excited to watch your whatever you come out with UDM. Please send it to me. Um, yeah, while I have you here, David, I like I would love for you to be a part of it. Okay, I don't know what it is, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just put it out there. Um, let's just say, all right. So drivers have one experience, right? And uh, I believe you did DoorDash, right? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't not a ton, but yes. Yeah. Okay. So, see, the thing is. From your perspective, it would be like the challenges you faced to help drivers that are facing issues with DoorDash and having you tell your story from your perspective and seeing everything that was going on that made you make this decision would be an awesome story to tell because it would be an awesome piece to add to this entire thing I'm building. I'd be I'd be honored. I'll be there if you'll have me. Of course. I just gave you the invitation. I think you're right, UDM. I think that would I think that's a I think that's a, a vital piece of what you're putting together because he has a totally different perspective than everybody else. And when I hear people talking about para, yeah. it's like, man, para boy, I love para. You know, of course, these are dashes, right? And yeah. There's there are drivers out here that's that's going through the struggle and just hearing that 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 app that you built helped dashes feel better than what they were experiencing. So why not have you tell your side of the story, you know, make you a part of that entire thing? It would no, be I'd, great. I'd love that. And really that's what really makes me so happy is when I have people come up and be like, Hey, you made me some money, you were able to help me. Like that's why we do what we do. So, yeah, yeah, Ooh, we'll definitely talk, David. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to make sure I'm going to connect the two of you on an email and uh, he'll take it from there. And uh, you guys, thanks for joining us. I just I really wanted to when UDM sprung it on me because we were we were when we did the last live, it was more for fun about, you know, about should you be touching drinks? <laughs> <laughs> and we went down that hole for a while, but then it came out with we were in a good mood and he decided to. To reveal that you know it was it was time to step back a bit and so i kind of just wanted to get the clarification out there and see what he was really up to and um i mean all his reasons are the same ones kind of that i have if i were to step back some or whatever it'd be for my son or for this or that or um you know i did production for years and the pandemic wrecked all that and now i just came back from vegas and production is going off the hook vegas was the first time i've seen it crowded in six seven years it was crazy. 
Um, and I would, you know, like people weren't going for years, even a couple of year or two after the pandemic, people still weren't going back to Vegas. Now they are in droves. They were everywhere. And so production's coming back. All that stuff's coming back. So there's just so many ways, even gigs that aren't apps on the web. There's so many ways to earn. Just make sure if you're working gig apps, make sure you're making the most money you can because the hours you're putting it on the gig apps, there's other apps that would pay you to do other work that might pay more. So it is all about the money. You shouldn't just love DoorDash and I only will do DoorDash. If Because that means you love gig work. If you love gig work and want to make some money, make sure you're making as much as you can. Optimize your time. Otherwise, my opinion is you will regret it. You'll probably regret it down the road that you weren't optimizing more. But It will hurt more. Yeah. It will, yeah. It will definitely hurt more when you realize that the amount of time and, and blood, sweat, and tears you put into the one app, and then they make a change, and you cannot benefit from it. Just like when they got when DoorDash got rid of the DoorDash Drive program, DoorDash Drive drivers were losing their minds because they're like, "Oh my gosh, I had I was able to select the orders that I wanted, and now they're still part of the LOP, but then they have to wait for DoorDash to send them something." that might be in the area that they love to work, you know, versus being able to possibly route themselves with the orders that they chose. So um, just understand that your loyalty can affect you in the long run. So it's just more about earning your profits, right? And um, not being loyal because in the end you have a business to run. They have a business to run. And when you get too caught up in your feelings, then you might not make the best decisions. Yeah. Be true. Be true to you, your, your brand, your family. Take care of them first. Don't worry about the apps. There's a bunch of apps out there. Get on more than one and, and, and make the money you can on them. And uh, that said, UDM, thank you for joining us today. David, I know that you're probably driving somewhere. I don't really remember. I'm guessing you've stopped somewhere where you have a signal before you lose the signal. So yes, that is exactly. I'm on the side of the road where I have where I have five G five G, and I know three minutes that way there's no no signal. So. Yeah. So thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, this was really just to kind of to kind of put some closure to this. We really wanted to have UDM on, and so this happened. And now David will be on UDM's documentary. And, uh, that'll be a crucial piece, I think. Too. I'm looking forward to that, but. Uh, thank you, everybody, and join us back here next week for another pair of presents. Driving my life away.